Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with the Money Guys. And occasionally we have some very well-qualified guests on the show, as we do this morning. And today we're going to be talking about some IRA mistakes and some missed opportunities. I don't think you can ever learn uh, too much information about IRAs and retirement accounts. So I'd like to start out by saying, first of all, good morning to attorney Mike Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, you are a very knowledgeable person, and you do a lot of work in the area of helping people with wills and trusts and making sure that their estate plans are in order. You also do real estate transactions. And good morning, Pete Lance. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So I'm going to invite everybody who's on the show this morning to put your phones down and put your phones off, and then we won't be disturbed by people that we shouldn't be talking to. But anyways, so Pete, what do you do primarily? Can you explain that? A financial advisor and investment advisor representative. That means I do all manner of financial advising, uh, including anything securities related, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Uh, I take a look at people's uh, accounts and give them ideas about whether they are in the um, really recommended uh, funds, whether I think that their funds are performing well or not. Um, and especially an important aspect of that is depending on their age and their risk tolerance, uh, whether that is appropriate as well. So we all do sort of the same thing in many ways. We sit down and we talk with clients. We ask for some background information. What are your goals? What are your wishes? How much income do you have? What are your expenses? We give you a budget form to fill out. But then we also want to know information about your family, don't we, Mike? We want to know, uh, are you married? Uh, hopefully, if you are, your spouse is with you. Do you have children? If you don't, then who would be the normal beneficiaries of your estate if something happened to you? But we need to know a lot of information in order to help you plan, always. And so as we begin today, we want to talk about some IRA mistakes and missed opportunities. We're going to be talking about if you leave a company, uh, for example, should you take your 401k or 403b and should you roll it over into an IRA account perhaps? Or what if you have an IRA that's sitting in something producing very little income? Should you consider rolling it over into something else? What if you want to simply start an IRA because you're very young? But there are mistakes that can get made if you roll over an IRA. You might uh, trigger income taxes. That would be a big mistake, wouldn't it, Pete? It would be. That's one of the main questions that we get and one of the things that we obviously uh, avoid. Uh, obviously, as much as we can, we want to avoid any unnecessary um, income tax, um, you know, that you might have to pay. Or uh, penalties. Or penalties, yes. Uh, there's all kinds of penalties that could uh, take place, including um, people uh, not calculating their required minimum distributions on qualified. So let's talk about what a required minimum distribution is. That's the amount that you have to take out when you reach a certain age, which is what age? 72. Yep. That's changed recently. It's always was 70 and a half, and two years ago, I believe it was, yeah, just over two years ago, it changed to 72. Right. And I think that's probably recognition for the fact that everybody's living longer today, and you don't need to take out money quite so quickly. 
It also, you know, I like the fact that it's now just an even number. I mean, that whole 70 and a half really confused people, especially because it used to be you have to take the required minimum distribution or RMD in the year in which you turned 70 and a half. But it was just a confusing number for a lot of people. Uh, they still haven't changed when you are able to take out money without having any penalties, which is 59 and a half. Right. Well, analysis is the most important thing. So, for example, Mike, when you sit down with clients and you're talking about the fact that they don't even have a will or a trust or anything, you don't just immediately sit down and say, well, let's do a trust today, do you? You have to know something about them. No, normally we would have someone fill out a client intake form so that we have a good idea of what their assets are and their family information is. And we sit down and talk to them about what their goals are. Uh, if they have any you know, children that might be problem kids or if they have complicated situations that they want to address in a trust or other document. So we want to get a good idea of what people's goals are before we even talk about you know, what kind of documents to do. Mm -hmm. And I suppose sometimes people will ask the question, well, you know, I have kids going to college. Do they need to do any documents? I've always recommended, for example, yes, go see your attorney and make sure you have a health care proxy signed by your child going to college. Make sure there's a power of attorney. Mm -hmm. What if something happens to them? They might need those documents at a minimum. I think everyone should have a will. Um, we just had a situation recently where uh, there was an estate of a woman who had passed away and there, were, there was a share of the estate being held in trust for her daughter. Her daughter was a younger woman who didn't have a will herself and maybe she didn't own any assets on her own, um, but the daughter ended up passing away. Wow. So the assets that were be being held in trust for her are now passing to her estate. She did not have a will. Mm. So the question is, you know, where do those assets go? So everyone should have a will because you don't know. The will allows you to control who's in charge of your estate and where your assets go. Mm -hmm. Without that, you don't really have any control. Right. And um, we are going to go into a lot more detail. We're getting, well, I guess not too close to the end of the first segment, but we have so many. Let's see, it's about... Uh, 114 pages of information. We're not going to cover it all today. <laughs> I guess about a dozen um, real points of discussion about when a rollover might be a mistake, uh, triggering taxes on an IRA rollover, which we never want to do, um, paying unnecessarily... Uh, unnecessary penalties on early distributions, taking an incorrect required minimum distribution or not taking one at all. Um, we have seen clients who have done that. They say, well, gee, we didn't know that we needed to or um, they weren't clients of ours um, until they had already done this. So we would have obviously made sure that they took their RMDs or at least knew that they were supposed to. These are people who came in and we had never met with them before and said, gee, we never took any. And there's a major penalty for not taking your RMD. So let me ask this question, Pete. Um, at what age do you think people should start planning for retirement? Now? Now? Any age? Now is any age. <laughs> Absolutely, at any age. So the gentleman named uh, Dwight Moody once said, Preparation for old age should begin not later than one's teens. A life which is empty of purpose until 65 will not suddenly become filled on retirement. 
Every age you should be thinking about your retirement, including if you're really old like Brianna is now. Is it 25 or 26? Would now you? you have to explain who Brianna is because nobody knows that. I think the radio show listeners know her. She's been on before. She's the producer extraordinaire. And and did she just have a birthday or something? Is that why you're mentioning oh, this? Oh, it was like two months ago now, but there was a whole... It was like a whole big deal about her turning 26. She's no longer young. She's now over a quarter century. Oh, dear. <laughs> we well, um, also, it's been, we're getting a little uh, distracted. I guess I'm the, only one to, I'm the only one that has this dog in my eyesight, but we have a fairly new addition, and I think it's her first time in the radio room. She's a, a three-month-old puppy that is the sweetest, softest, cutest thing, and... We now have two dogs again in the office, so any of you who have missed seeing Willow and Luna, you can come in and say hello to Stella and Dakota. Dakota's the new puppy, and she's adorable. Well, whether or not you have an IRA account or a retirement account, not everybody does, but increasingly more and more people do. There's a lot of information we want to give you today because maybe you want to start a retirement account. Maybe you're one or two years away from retirement. You know, you know, Mike and Pete, I've had a gentleman in the office a couple of years ago, and he was one year away from retirement, and he had very little put aside. And I sat down and said, start now. He had a 401k account at work, which is a form of retirement savings. And I said, put the maximum amount you can put in right now and get something in. It's going to lower your income tax burden for the year that you put the money in because you're going to be able to get a tax deduction or reduce it off of your income. But you'll start to have something that's going to be available for when you retire. And there's all kinds of things that we're going to get into, including, you know, we've had this happen a lot more um, frequently recently, where clients are now thinking, oh my God, I'm about 10 years away from when I want to retire, and I don't think that I'm really ready. What do I do? It's never too late, but it's also, as we said earlier, it's never too early to do something. So the earlier you save and invest and meet with us, the better off you'll be. But um, a lot of people are saying, how much can I contribute to my IRA or to my Roth IRA? And so, of course, I give them those amounts. And then there's also something called a catch-up provision. Once you reach age 50, you're allowed to contribute an extra $1,000 per year. Is that ketchup like what goes on your hot dog? Yes, it's a ketchup provision. You can add $1,000 worth of uh, Heinz stock. Okay. Well, Betty White once said, retirement is not in my vocabulary. They aren't going to get rid of me that way. And she worked right up until the end, didn't she? Mm. She did. Now, that was a shame. What did she miss it by? Her 100th birthday by like a week. She was just short of her 100th birthday. And then George Burns once said, retirement at 65 is ridiculous. When I was 65, I still had pimples. And he smoked cigars every single day of his life all the way up until he was yes. gone. Mm -hmm. Well, we really have a lot of specific information that we do want to share with you. And uh, the most important message is, if you haven't done something to plan for retirement, do it now. Make an appointment to come see Pete or to see me, Ray Lance, 508-998-8858. Give us a call. And if you don't have uh, estate planning documents in place, wills and trusts and all those important documents, give Mike a call at 508-998-8800. We're here to help you. This is all we do. We want to make sure that we can protect you and protect your family. So 
make a start. When we come back, we're going to actually get into some real hard specifics of some things that you can do. We're going to talk about different types of retirement accounts and when can you put money into them and all those good things. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. We're talking this morning about retirement and some missed opportunities with IRA accounts. You know, you can still put money into IRA accounts. You have to have earned income. You can't just take money out of a savings account and say, I'm going to put money into an IRA. Uh, one of the requirements is that you have to have earned income. Um, a gentleman named Abe Lemons once said, the trouble with retirement is that you never get a day off. I find, I don't know about you, Mike, when I talk to people who are retired, I say, so what do you do with uh, your time? They say, I don't imagine uh, what I would do if I were still working. I don't have enough time to do the things that I need to do, and I'm yeah. retired. Yeah. I mean, people seem to fill up their time, don't they? There's absolutely uh, truth in that. There's also, uh, I honestly think it's about 50-50 of people who retire and are kind of bored and kind of wish that they had more to do. And some of them think about going back to work or going back to work part-time, maybe in a totally different capacity, different field. Um, see a lot of that about people just going and doing something that's, you know, maybe more enjoyable, but obviously less, or not necessarily obviously, but most likely less money, but just something that they enjoy. Maybe it's more social, um, makes them happier, gets their creative juices flowing again, who knows. But and then the other half of people who we see and they say, oh, retirement's the best thing ever, I love it. I wake up at 10, you know, I go for a walk, come back at lunch, maybe have a beer with my lunch, maybe, you know, and they just are really enjoying their retirement. So about 50-50. Well, I, I could never sit back and do nothing. I couldn't either. And there was a recent study, and literally within the last two weeks that I read that um, waking up late and especially having uh, naps, regular naps during the day or during the week, uh, leads to um, high blood pressure and cardiovascular disease. Well, I think that means the other side of that is you just have to keep moving. You have to exercise, you have to go for walks. And just as importantly, I think you have to have a purpose in life. I've always got challenges and things that I wanna do. I wanna work on writing some more books. I'm working on one right now. And I want to do more work with nonprofits. And if I choose to spend less time doing what I'm doing now, I want to work advising nonprofits how to get more money and how to protect their assets. One of the things we do not do on the radio show is we don't ever use client names, obviously. But we know we have a certain uh, amount of people who listens to, to us every single week. So as we're talking about IRA accounts and retirement accounts, um, over the years, they've helped millions of people save for retirement. If you retire and you have a 401k or a 403b savings account at work, generally we tell people, let's get it over into an IRA account instead. We help, we help do that. And I see clients all the time that are taking early retirement or they may have an early retirement buyout from a utility company or from Verizon perhaps. And we help plan all of that because if you don't do a plan, you're going to miss out on some opportunities. One of the things that's um, a quote-unquote mistake here um, is making sure that, well, Mike, we're going to get more into the detail on this as well uh, in a little bit, but making sure that 
as much as you can that you have defined beneficiaries on as many accounts as you can. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially if you don't have an estate plan. Um, it can avoid help to avoid probate for sure. Um, so that's one reason why you might want to roll over your IRA, uh, update your beneficiaries, get it into something that you can have a defined, you know, declared beneficiary. So uh, let's focus on that particular question right now, and let's ask Mike a question. Mike, have you ever seen situations where somebody has a retirement account, let's say it's an IRA, and maybe they named a beneficiary who died, and they didn't name a second beneficiary? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you may have to go through probate then. Yeah, you could have to go through probate for uh, an IRA that has no beneficiaries. I've seen it a lot happen with life insurance policies where it's normal to have a husband and a wife name each other as their primary beneficiaries. Maybe they bought the policies when they were younger, before they had kids, and then they never updated their beneficiaries. So all these years later, one of them passes away, and then there's no beneficiary on mm -hmm. their surviving spouse's life insurance policy. So a really important tip is take a look at your IRA accounts, your retirement accounts, your life insurance policies, Make sure that you not only have a primary beneficiary, but you've also got some secondary beneficiaries named in case the first beneficiary passes away. Right, and those secondary beneficiaries are called um, usually contingent beneficiaries, and you can split it up any way that you want between primary and contingent beneficiaries. Um, Mike, can you name an estate plan as a beneficiary in most situations? You can name a trust as beneficiary on a life insurance policy and people do that. Um, if you're going to do that in IRA, it's complicated. So I would say come talk to us first. Yep. You can name a trust as beneficiary of an IRA, but generally what we say is to have individuals um, named as IRA beneficiaries. It's more simple. Well, and again, as, as much as possible, you really try need to try to have as many named beneficiaries on your accounts as possible. Some accounts um, it may not allow that, so that's why it might be useful to move it into something that you can have a named beneficiary and especially avoid probate. And probate is really a difficult thing. It's timely. It can take over a year and, and certainly in these days will take over a year. Um, probate is also public. That means that all of your information with regards to what's going through probate is open for everyone to take a look at. Uh, it also can cause fights within your family, and we've seen that happen more often than we'd like to see, where siblings are fighting with other siblings over who deserves what. Um, it's also expensive. Well, in general, it's just usually not a good idea to put down my estate as a beneficiary of your insurance or your retirement accounts because you're going to have to go through probate. You know, the tax code itself is uh, very complicated. It's not short. Um, it's approximately 2,600 pages, a million words, lots of rules. I happen to enjoy um, the complexity of the code, and I do a lot of reading and studying uh, every year on it. But if you have questions, don't try to answer it yourself. I sort of challenge anybody to pick up the Internal Revenue Code and try to figure out what some of these rules are. You're not going to understand it. But we're here to help you. We want to make sure you don't pay a nickel in taxes more than what you need to. We want to make sure that you don't go through probate unless absolutely necessary. And there's just many, many things you can do. A big topic of late, um, you know, of late I mean the last year and a half, two years, 
A lot of people have been, you know, touting doing Roth IRA conversions, converting converting from a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Um, there are pros and cons of doing that. Uh, you have to pay the taxes up front right away, all of the taxes. Um, but then, of course, Excuse I think- me, Let me just interrupt you. You have to pay taxes on what? The amount of the IRA that you're converting? Correct, to the Roth IRA. Right. Um, the benefit to that is that there's no um, taxes when you're taking the, the withdrawals, the um, distributions on the other side. Um, the, you know, a Roth IRA, you also don't have to take RMDs if you don't wish to, which... Which is a required minimum distribution. Right. Most people are not upset with taking their RMDs, and in most cases they like to see it as, well, now I'm going to use this as you know, vacation money or gifting money or Christmas money or whatever. Um, but there are a decent amount of clients that we see who don't want to take the RMDs, and they say, do I really have to? Say yes. The answer you know. is yes. Once you reach age 72, you must. But with the Roth IRA, you don't have to do that. Um, one thing that it, it's it's really complicated. It depends on each individual person and their current, you know, income, their current tax situation, and their projected income and tax situation and tax brackets um, now and in the future as to whether it's something that we would recommend or not. Um, most people are going to be in a lower tax bracket when they are retired. Well, let me just ask a couple of quick questions in general. Um, to anybody listening today, are you familiar with the Social Security tax implications once you take distributions from your retirement account? It's going to increase your income, and it might mean that more of your Social Security is going to be subject to taxation as well. Or do you know, for example, that if you are required to take a minimum distribution, that is to say, you're now more than 72, and you don't take it, or you haven't taken the right amount of money, then the failure to comply with these rules could end up that you pay a 50% tax on the amount of the distribution that you didn't take. Yeah, that's 50%. The huge. That's I think that's probably the largest in the code. It is. That's well, I, I believe so. Also, that's the huge penalty that I talked about in the first part of the show, and that's important to make sure that you calculate that RMD correctly or have somebody who's qualified to do that do it correctly. Um, in some retirement accounts that we may recommend, you can have it so the RMD is automatically calculated by the company every year on a day that you specify. And that's something I have always said I like to call the set it and forget it. You do it one time. It's a form. It's very simple. You say, you know, I want it to be done on October 1st every year. Um, and you calculate the amount, and um, you, I say you being the company, you, you the company calculate the amount automatically for me, and every year it's going to be done, and it's particularly important because when you're taking these RMDs beginning at age 72, you're seeing some cognitive decline, and, you know, early Alzheimer's and everything else. So even people who are not really seeing that, um, real mental impairment, you're just getting older and you might not be as sharp as you once were and you might forget to take the RMD. Well, let's get down some of the uh, other points in our outline here today, Pete, because I think that's going to be useful. So I'm going to leave you with one parting thought before we take a break. If you have a 401k account and you're still working, you might be able to borrow money from your 401k account if you need it. There are rules on that. 
But did you know, for example, that you're not allowed to borrow money from your IRA account? Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about some real specific uh, items, and we're going to talk about when you and a rollover might be a mistake for you, when you should take money out of a 401k, and we're going to get into some real specifics of some of the mistakes. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to MoneyWise, and this morning we're talking about some potential mistakes that people make with retirement accounts, especially IRAs. Uh, what if you want to roll over an account from a retirement account at work, say a 401k or 403b? If you don't do it correctly, you could end up having to recognize the entire amount of that income in one year and be taxed on it. So the rules are complicated, and what we do here is we help you with that. We help you make these decisions. And we are really bad about doing this, but we always forget to give you the address and the phone number and everything else um, for actually how to get in touch with us. We're just notoriously bad at remembering to do that. So for anyone looking to reach USA Wealth Group, uh, the phone number is 508-998-8858. Um, anyone looking to reach the law firm can reach attorney Mike Coleman or my mother, attorney Tenny Lance at 508-998-8800. And there's also, of course, um, email addresses and websites and all kinds of other things. Um, I'd also like to mention, I would say close to three quarters of the people that we see in our office come from your referrals. So uh, we appreciate those referrals and please continue to think about us and referring your family and friends. And for those who refer and refer on a regular basis, we thank you and we let you know that we appreciate it, but letting you know on the radio as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those referrals. The other thing I want to mention really quickly is it's important to remind everyone that we don't give legal advice or tax advice over the radio. So this is general information. It's designed to be educational and informative. But if you want specific advice on tax concepts and so forth, you need to sit down face-to-face -face with a person and get proper professional advice before you make decisions about your own personal situation. No, that's a good point because, again, this is a very broad discussion, and some of the things that we're talking about today may not have any um, relation to you know certain people. It could to others, but that's why I, I say this from time to time also, that every person that I sit across, that Attorney Mike Coleman sits across from, is a completely unique and different situation, different um, case, different recommendations. Yeah, I've discovered the same thing, too. Everybody's different. Their situations are different. And, well, everybody's different, but the situations are different also. Some people are nice people. Some people are naughty people, right? Never mind. So um, if you put nothing away for retirement, I can tell you to the last penny how much you will have when you retire. Nothing. That's a quotation from a gentleman named John Bogle. Don't know who he was, but I like the quotation. You have to plan for retirement. You have to plan to protect your family with legal documents, don't you, Mike? Hmm. If you don't plan, somebody's going to pay a lot of extra money or somebody's going to be taken advantage of. So um, generally, when we do work with clients, we want to know what all of your assets are and your liabilities. If we don't have a complete picture, then we can't give complete advice. And that's not that 
you know, common, but we do get some people who come in and they want to talk about one very specific thing or one very specific account. In some cases, we can, you know, make a recommendation about that, um, but not that often because somebody will maybe come in and say, I want to put this cash into, um, you know, a brokerage account with you. And I say, okay, that's great. Let's talk about some of your other assets to make sure that that's a, a, an appropriate recommendation for you. And they'll be very close guarded. And we're not trying to be picky. We're trying to make sure that, you know, the advice that we recommend to you is the proper advice. And that, you know, if you did open up a brokerage account and took that cash out, do you have other, you know, assets in savings or checking, um, you know, other things that might be appropriate for you? But not only that, all the companies nowadays, whether you're doing a fixed indexed annuity, whether you're doing a brokerage account, they all have a form. It's part of the application that must be filled out that talks about your other assets. It's called a customer suitability form. The application won't even be reviewed. Um, certainly won't be accepted, but it won't even be looked at if that isn't filled out. So again, it's not just because we need that information to make a proper recommendation. Uh, the companies won't even allow you to open up the account. And you know, part of that might be the um, whole Patriot Act and making sure that you know you're an upstanding citizen and not trying to launder money or anything else, but also to make sure that you're doing the right thing that's appropriate for you. Let me make a quick point that uh, one of the things we have in USA Wealth Group is we've got a whole series of wonderful handouts. And if you would like more information for, about some of the things we're talking about, we have something which I think is very well done. It's called your Retirement Income Planning Checklist. We have a, a brochure and a handout called Can You Retire If You're Offered a Buyout? Um, we have something with somebody making a salad together, which is kind of weird, called Creating Your Retirement Recipe, uh, Six Secrets to a Happy Retirement. Uh, mostly that's about taking separate vacations, I think. No, it's not. Um, but we've got maybe, a lot of- Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> we've got a lot of good material. Um, and the law firm also has lots of handouts. They belong to an organization called the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, and they've got Articles on special valuation benefits for farms, the trouble with joint tenancy, the differences between wills and trusts, um, Medicaid eligibility, how do you protect assets if you have to go to a nursing home, just lots and lots of good information. So take the time to call the office, make an appointment, sit down, and describe what your particular needs are, and we've got a lot of good information to help you. But let's come back to some rollover questions, Pete, because I think that's important. And we've got a very nice outline that we put together for today's show. And right now I'm on page five. Just want to remind everybody that there are basically two ways to do a rollover, which is taking an existing IRA and putting it someplace else, or taking an existing 401k account and putting it someplace else. And Mostly, if you're doing an indirect rollover, you want to make sure that you redeposit it into another qualified retirement account. Because if you don't do that, if you don't put it in something that's appropriately tax qualified, you're going to end up paying taxes and maybe taxes and penalties. 
The second method that we use a lot, mostly because it's even safer, we do what's called a direct transfer. So we'll make sure that your money, if we're going to move it to a new IRA account, for example, goes from the existing account to the new account and the new company directly. And a direct rollover is a much safer way to transfer funds. It is, because if you do it the first way that you just discussed, um, you know, and somebody's going to receive a check and then have to forward that check along to the new company to do the rollover and have it um, complete. You know, sometimes things get lost in the mail. Sometimes, um, <clears throat> sometimes a client all of a sudden will get you know sick, and all of a sudden we're pressing up against a, a deadline um, because they haven't been able to get the check to our office. Well, here's a very important age date: fifty-nine and a half. Uh, in general. If you are not at least age 59 and a half, you don't want to take money out of your retirement accounts. There's some exceptions. There's always exceptions to the rules. There's actually quite a few exceptions, but I mean, most of them are so vague that they wouldn't they wouldn't really um, qualify hardly anybody. But well, basically, if you take it out and you're younger than 59 and a half and you don't meet one of those exceptions, then you may end up paying a 10% penalty as well as the income tax on the money that you take out. One of the main ones that is an exception is for a first-time home buyer. But there's actually like a, about a dozen different exceptions, but that's the main one that actually we do see from time to time is being able to take out a certain amount for a first-time home buyer. Okay, so um, there's some primary differences between keeping money in a 401k, especially after you're retired, we generally say if you're getting close to retirement or if you're retired, don't just simply assume that you're going to keep the money in the 401k account. Um, a lot of companies don't want you to keep the money there and handle it for the next level of beneficiaries. They want to get the money out. If you are in the position where you're close to retirement, uh, if you're at least the age of 59 and a half, we have an, a lot of possibilities for taking that money and rolling it into an IRA. And in general, IRAs usually, not always, but usually charge lower fees. An IRA can often offer you better investment choices and investment options. What if you worked for several different employees? And we see this, employers, excuse me, we see this every once in a while. Somebody has a 401k with two or three different employers that they worked for. Yeah, well, well several different 401ks, yeah. I mean, that's... Consolidate them. We see that a lot, actually, where somebody will have a... Uh, current 401k or a current 403b and then they've got two or three um, old 401k accounts or 403b accounts from other places of employment. It's absolutely recommended to roll those over into one IRA and continue contributing while you're with the latest and you know most recent uh, employer. But the most important rule, Mike, is that all this stuff is complicated and we don't want to just leave it up to chance or somebody making uh, the wrong mistake. We've seen too many situations of that. We don't want you to pay a penalty. And as I said earlier, there can be a tax penalty of 50% of the amount that should have been taken if you don't take the required minimum distribution when you reach the age of 72. That's one good thing that um, Congress did recently was change the age for taking your minimum distribution. You know, Winston Churchill once said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. So um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what if you want to give some money to charity 
Have you ever thought of doing it directly from an IRA account? Why take the money into from the IRA account into your personal account and then make the contribution to charity? You're not going to save taxes if you do that. On the other hand, if you're going to make a contribution to a charity anyway, um, maybe you can make a qualified contribution directly and you will never have to recognize the income from the IRA account. Just many, many rules. Um, when we take our next break here, uh, we're going to come back and with some specifics. Mark Twain said, don't go around saying the world owes you a living. The world owes you nothing. It was here first. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to attorney Mike Coleman and to Pete Lance. Gentlemen, good morning again. Good morning. Good morning. And I believe this is our last segment that we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. Boy, time goes by fast when you're having a good time. You know who one of my favorite people is that I like to quote? Rodney Dangerfield. No, I also like George Carlin. George Carlin said, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Always one of my favorites. He was terrific. We needed another 10 years of his brain on this planet. It's really a shame. Yeah, I'm not sure he had a brain, but in any event, he, he says, had a giant brain. Yeah, he did. He said a lot of really good things. Um, he said once, for example, George Carlin, may, may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. He was, a, he was a funny philosopher, I think. Well, let's come back and talk about, right now, 56% of Social Security recipients are going to have to pay income taxes on some of their benefits. And up to 85% of your Social Security benefits could be subjected to taxation. So if you have to take money out of an IRA account, that's going to be ordinary income for you, and that could potentially increase the amount of income in total, and therefore the amount of Social Security that's always going to be also going to be taxed. So how you choose to take money out of a retirement account is very important in your overall tax situation, and it's not just the income tax on that. It's you, you could potentially lose more tax money out of your Social Security check. So get some advice. Sit down and talk to us about different things that you could do uh, to plan for that. But I want to come back very quickly and talk about making a charitable distribution. Let's say you give money every year to your church or your particular charity. Um, maybe you ought to consider making that distribution directly from your IRA account. And you can do it from certain kinds, kinds of retirement accounts. You cannot do it from a simple IRA or a SEP IRA, but a regular traditional IRA, you can do that. And um, I'm not sure if this age has changed. We'll have to double check this. But as long as you're age 70 and a half or older, if the money goes directly from the IRA to a qualified charity, uh, you're never going to pick up that income on your income tax. That could save you money on your Social Security. So we won't go into more discussions of that. Just be aware of that. Um, if you are a, have a Roth IRA, you don't have to take a required minimum distributions. But be careful for the second generation. Uh, when you die and they inherit your Roth IRA, they may very well have to take required minimum distributions. And that is still 70 and a half. I was, I was wanted to double check that as well just because 
I didn't think that that had changed, but that did bring up a, a good topic for discussion just because they did change, of course, the RMD age to 72. So one of the things that we do when we do our radio shows, we, we do a fair amount of preparation. I always want to make sure that everything we're talking about is accurate. We've already talked about whether retirement accounts go through probate. Not if you have correctly named beneficiaries, they don't. And we don't want you to go through probate with that. We've talked about direct versus indirect rollovers. It's always better to have a rollover directly from one company to another. We do that. We can help you do that. And just, you know, talking about, you know, beneficiaries, that's one of the things that we talk about every single time we meet with a a new person coming into our office or a client, whether it's the first time or the 10th time that we've sat down with them. Uh, on any annual review, we always want to ask if there's anything that has changed in their lives that you know they need to think about changing beneficiaries. And uh, it, it happens more often than not. Then something has happened within the family dynamic or maybe somebody has passed away. Um, somebody's thinking about going through a divorce. Um, all kinds of different things. It, it, it inevitably is almost always something that somebody says, yeah, gee, I really should look at my beneficiaries and, and change this one or that one. Um, so that's important. You can name on most accounts, some annuity companies won't allow it, but you, you can usually submit some additional paperwork and they'll then say, okay, yeah, we'll approve it. To have children who are minors as beneficiaries, but you need to be careful with that because you need to make sure that um, you designate somebody who will actually manage the money for any beneficiaries who might still be minors if they are to receive um, any assets. And one thing that we can do here is what's called a Uniform Transfers to Minors Act or an UTMA. Okay, so let's talk about how much money can you contribute to a traditional IRA. The amount is $6,000. Unless in the first segment you are 50 or older. If you're 50 or older, there's a makeup provision and you can contribute another $1,000. And if you are married, uh, you can contribute $2,000 if your married spouse is also 50 years of age or older. So that's how much you can contribute, but it's also based upon um, your compensation. You have to have money from work, from compensation in order to contribute. Sometimes I sit here and I'm trying to talk and I talk a little bit longer than I intend to yes. because I'm trying to get my whole point out. I've noticed that. And I look on the corner of my eye and I see my father rolling his eyes or giving me some kind of a gesture and I don't, I don't know why you want me on the air sometimes. Maybe I should just not say anything. And I'm trying to fill airtime, but also making sure I get my point out. No, you do a good job. <laughs> you are a very uh, uh, loquacious vocal person. When I really get tired of listening to you, I just go like this. Like I'm cutting your head off. No, I, that's why I stopped sitting next to you and I sit across from you now because I used to get a little tap on my leg. But now instead of the tap on the leg, I get the eye roll. Well, you're very excited about what you do. You're very knowledgeable, but you're also very enthusiastic, I guess is better a better word. You're very enthusiastic about what you do. Mm-hmm. Would you agree that's a good characterization, yes, Mike? Yes, very much. And um, yeah. you get a lot to say, and that's good. So we can give you charts and graphs and showing you how much you can deduct from your IRA. We can give you information on um, when you can take money out. We actually prepared for this show a separate 114-page outline of material from one of our online sources. 
Um, there's charts that we can show you. Does it matter when you contribute to an IRA account? Absolutely it does. The younger you start, the better. Um, and you should start with your very first job. But if you say, well, I'm already in my 50s, is it too late? No, it's never too late. Start now, get something put aside. We've got information on solo IRAs. We've got historical limits. Um, we have good detailed comparison charts on whether you should consider converting a traditional into a Roth IRA. And um, I'm not sure, Brianna, what are you doing? You're taking pictures of the dog. The, the dog, dog is not talking to the microphone. We're trying to <laughs> teach her to speak. I see. So how about inherited IRA accounts? Um, if you inherit an IRA account, and if anybody here is interested, that's on page 42. Uh, do you still have to take minimum distributions, Pete? Hold on one second. I was totally distracted by the dog and didn't even hear what you just asked. <laughs> I said, if you inherit an IRA from somebody who had an IRA and they named you as a beneficiary, uh, do you still have to take minimum distributions? Well, so they changed everything uh, two years ago. You can no longer do what's called a stretch IRA. A spouse still can, and in some situations... Good point. Yeah. Yes. So in some situations, you can still do a stretch IRA, but um, now you can no longer do a stretch IRA, and the um, taxes all have to come out, or the distributions, I should say, all have to come out within a 10-year period. Now, we still recommend that you take that out over a 10-year period and not do it all at once just because of the tax implications, but it's really up to everybody's individual preference and... You know, it's very rare that we will see basically something that we would recommend saying, yes, take it all out now and pay the taxes on it now. Well, not only that, but there was some real confusion amongst all the accountants and tax preparers all across the country when that rule first came out about the 10 years because everybody was interpreting the regulation to say, uh, if you're a non-spouse beneficiary and you're named as a beneficiary in, say, a parent's IRA, you could wait 10 years before you take the money out. And all of a sudden there's real controversy and there's been very recent articles in the Wall Street Journal that, well, maybe that's not correct. We think now that maybe you need to take money out right away even during the first year. Yeah, and, and again, sorry I was distracted, but anyone who follows us on our social media, and if you don't, um, please do, Facebook and Instagram, Lance Law, Lance Family Insurance Agency, USA Wealth Group. I'm not sure where Brianna's going to take those pic or send those pictures, but she got a, a couple of really cute pictures of me holding the new pup up and looking like she's contributing to the show right in front of the microphone. So George Carlin once said, if you can't beat them, arrange to have them beaten. Hmm. I like that. I like that. <laughs> it was kind of cute. <laughs> but the thing is, how you take money out of your IRA account is critically important. Where you invest your IRA account is critically important. Um, you can provide information on that, Pete. Um, Mike needs to know what the amounts of the IRAs are because mm -hmm. one of the things you're looking at all the time, Mike, is whether somebody has a taxable estate in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Right now, the, the limit is $1 million per person for estate taxes. That may go up at some point, but that's what the limit is right now. I think it will pass. I just did some research a couple of days ago, um, and the House of Representatives in Massachusetts has passed one version of that, making it retroactive to January 1, hmm. uh, 2022. Uh, the Senate in Massachusetts 
has a, it's either a bill, I'm not sure if it's passed yet, but they want it to be effective in 2023. Hmm. So that'll have to get resolved and- uh, Have to love our government won't. at work. Hmm. Well, it's a, that's the way it is. So be careful about lump sum distributions, but one of the things that Pete and I can help you with especially is showing you different options you can consider about where to invest your IRA money. You wanna make as much money as possible and we do a lot of work with deferred indexed annuities and um, they're, they're safer in that they don't lose principal, so we can consider those. So any other wrap-up thoughts that either of you gentlemen have, don't put it off. Don't put it off, there's mm -hmm. always something you can do. It's always better to start doing something now instead of waiting even a couple of weeks um, and see us as your professionals because you don't wanna run into any difficulty planning things on your own and making mistakes. Uh, I, I this, this is probably the biggest thing that I get from uh, a new client. I'm sorry, I just, I don't understand this. I don't really understand this. And I always say, you're not supposed to understand this. Correct. Um, it's not your job to understand this. It is complicated. There are a lot of rules and there's always a lot of changes um, in, in the rules. So yeah. don't ever feel bad about not understanding something most people don't and i'm talking 90 percent of the people that i sit down with don't know and i say you're not supposed to know even george carlin once said always do whatever's next and the other thing that i thought which is appropriate for today's show george carlin said i was thinking about how people seem to read the bible a whole lot more when they get older then it dawned on me they're cramming for the final exam <laughs> so don't put it off ladies and gentlemen mm -hmm. Do remember that none of us can be an expert at everything. We like to think that we have you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of years of accumulated knowledge and experience helping you protect your family and protect your money and not pay any nickel more than taxes than what you have to. Call us and we'd be happy to see you and help you and your family. Thank you so much for listening.